on the Northland Outdoors Radio Network, this is Northland Outdoors Radio. For the next hour, we'll give you the latest on fishing, hunting, and spending time in the outdoors all across the Northland. Welcome to Northland Outdoors Radio. Now here's your host, Brett T-Bone Amundsen. Oh, welcome to Northland Outdoors Radio. I channeled my inner deaf leopard this week because we're going to talk about nature's sugar that we get from maple trees this time of year. Have you guys ever done that before, by the way? Have you guys ever made maple syrup? A little bit. I've no. seen it. I went just west of Brainerd there to Camp Confidence and watched Bob Slaybaugh and Benji Tennis tap a few trees. They filled up some buckets full of sap. They boiled it up. Bob's going to join us later this hour to give us all some tips on how you can make your own maple syrup. And Becca, uh, this is the Northland Outdoors staff, by the way. Greg Kaiser. Hey. hey. Brian Peterson. Right on. Becca Clemens. Groovy, groovy. Uh, Becky, you learned just how much sap it takes to make syrup the yeah, other day. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how much actually just, it's like 30 to 40 gallons makes one gallon of maple syrup. What, uh, 30 to 40 gallons of just sap. Yeah. It's like, how crazy of a ratio is that? <laughs> you pile it all that up. That is like so much work. Boil it down and boil it down and, and boil down it down. And down and down and down, yeah. But it's so delicious. It is. No, it is. Can't have pancakes without it. How are you guys doing, by the way? Doing all right. Pretty good. Doing good, Brett. Yeah, Brian, you got, uh, I hear you got some big plans this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go camping at uh, True North Base Camp at Cuyuna Country State Recreation Area. They're kind of a, the new wave in cabins. Uh, they're fairly, I think they're about a year old, but it's that whole old school vibe of camping kind of right in the middle of everything. How is that different from the other camping that you've done out there then? The yurts were, were very well located too. These are right on, I mean, overlooking this, this uh, mine pit lake and direct access to the heart of the, of the trails. And there's six cabins, I believe, and uh, I think they're pretty much sold out all the time, so they, they're doing something right. Can you tap some trees while you're over there? <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't know if it's legal there. <laughs> well, what if you're in an emergency situation and your blood sugar's yeah, getting right. low? Yeah. I need ta- Give me a tree, quick. Maybe, but I don't want to get thrown in the wreck area hooskow. <laughs> right. All right, well, maple syrup is one of the traditions this time of year, of course, just like catching giant sturgeon on the Rainy River or going down to Pool 4 in the Mississippi because it's usually the only open water around this time of year, uh, traditionally anyway. Lots of open water this year, but anglers are still heading to Pool 4 because walleyes are open there under the border water regulations. We went out last weekend, fished down there, and it was tough. Um, Greg, have you fished down in Pool 4 before? I've driven past it, never fished it. Just didn't have the uh, the boat motivate. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say didn't have the motivation, didn't have the time. No, I just didn't have the boat. I yeah. fished south of there and north of there, but never there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it was tough. Uh, so I, I said we need to get somebody on the radio show that knows how to fish it, so I can figure this thing out because <laughs> we uh, we struggled to catch fish. So we got a pool four report coming from Eric Olson later this hour here on Northland Outdoors Radio. And we'll also be making an official trip up to the Rainy River next week to film for Northland Outdoors Television. 
Jamie Dittman was just up there. We'll get a report from him on water conditions, how the fish were biting, and what the accesses were like here on this week's show. It's another uh, border waters. Uh, that's The water's open, and you can... You can go up and catch some walleyes up there. Right now, though, it is time for running afoul of the law. Get it running afoul. Foul like, like birds. Oh, oh, yes. birds. That's okay. good. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, some of these things are true and found in the weekly conservation officer report for the Minnesota DNR, and some are, thankfully, made up by us. Brian <laughs> Anthony Bermel of Babbitt checked a group of anglers in the Boundary Waters and counted 22 violations, including... 123 aluminum cans. Just 123. <laughs> what? That's, that's a lot of aluminum. What do you suppose those guys were doing up there? Hmm. Hey, guys. Interesting. They will never catch us. I swear. Just grab a couple of cases. They could have been soda cans. They could have. Actually, they could have been. 123 aluminum cans, 22 violations. True or false? What, about the 123 cans? Yeah, is this a true story? Oh, I'm buying it. Yes, this is absolutely true. <laughs> Where do they it get three true. extra cans? <laughs> <laughs> 123? I wondered that myself. All right, Greg, this one's for you. Angela Longren of Cambridge investigated a suspicious substance floating on top of the water on Rush Lake. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency looked into it, and lab results came back showing the substance was a large amount of vegetable oil. True or false? It is true, and they say it was likely left over from ice anglers Mm -hmm. who were out there cooking on the ice. All right, this one can be for all four of you. Running afoul of the law here on Northland Outdoors Radio, Jeremy Henke of Albert Lee responded to a call of an ostrich running loose in northern Freeborn County. True true or false? Uh, Emu or ostrich? The call was of an ostrich running loose oh. in northern Freeborn County. What do you guys think? That doesn't mean it was an ostrich. He might have been drinking those 123 cans. <laughs> that's right. That's right. False. Greg says false. I'm going true. Brian says I'm gonna, true. I'm going to say true as well. The answer is true. Henke arrived and located an emu running loose around a farmyard. So you're kind of on the right path there, Greg. You were just wrong. <laughs> You're just wrong. <laughs> After chasing a few dogs and pecking at Henke's truck windows, an owner was eventually located and the emu was returned to its home. Those things are kind of ornery. Yeah, I would not want <laughs> I'm sure he was sitting in his truck. Uh, yeah, we got an emu running around. Can somebody come here and take care of this thing? I'm not going out there. Man, running afoul of the law here on Northland Outdoors Radio, ladies and gentlemen. You can find out more from the Conservation Officers Report at any time at northlandoutdoors.com. Dun, dun, dun. More than you ever wanted to know about... And now, more than you ever wanted to know about Lake Pepin. Lake Pepin. More than you ever wanted to know about. You guys ever been on Lake Pepin before? I have not. Where nope. is it at? It's part of the Mississippi River. Okay. It's down uh, south of Red Wing. It's like 22 miles long. Hmm. It's the widest naturally occurring part of the Mississippi River. It's about two miles wide. Then no. And we're going to learn a little bit more about Lake Pepin right now. The winner this week gets um, <laughs> make up something good yeah, that we're not going to get slap in the face <laughs> there you go sounds yeah. good to me question number one more than you ever wanted to know about Lake Pepin what mythical creature is said to live in the Lake Pepin area is it A Peppy a Loch Ness type monster B Bigfooty or C Tony the Tiger 
Becca, what do you think? I'm going to go with Big Footy. Big Footy. Brian. Pepe. Pepe. And Greg. Uh, uh, Pepe. That's what it is. Since uh, Pepin, Lake Pepin is similar in size to the lake that the Loch Ness Monster is a part of, 22 miles long and 2 miles wild, the rumors persist of a monster in the lake. In fact, there's a $50,000 reward offered for evidence. The native Dakota people that lived in the area refused to travel on Lake Pepin in bark canoes because of the large creatures that would rise from the depths of the lake and puncture the thin bark skin of those canoes. They would only travel on Lake Pepin in more stout dugout canoes that were made by hollowing out a large log. And that lake, that, that lake and river has muskies and sturgeon in it, so maybe... Peppy. And Peppy, Peppy, Peppy yep, yep. That's right. Very ferocious sounding Peppy. <laughs> More than you ever wanted to know about Lake Pepin. Question number two. Lake Pepin was the birthplace of what? A, Pepper. B, water skiing. Or C, Dr. Pepper. Greg. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Brian. Uh, I'm going to go with water skiing. Water skiing. Becca. I'm going to go with water skiing, too. Water skiing is the correct answer, ladies and gentlemen. In 1922, Lake City native Ralph Samuelson invented the sport of water skiing on the lake. Ever since that date, Lake City has been known as the birthplace of water skiing. Local mythology claims that one moonlit night, a young lad named Ralph Samuelson was standing on the shoreline of Lake Pepin and saw Peppy... <laughs> Gliding across the surface of the water. On skis? So it's A and B. He thought, if a large aquatic creature can skim across the water surface, why can't I? A few months later, Ralph invented the sport of water skiing. Brilliant. Way to go, Pepin. The rest was history. That's right. More than you ever wanted to know about Lake Pepin. What popular book series featured Lake Pepin? Is it A, Little House on the Prairie, B, Lake Wobegon, or C, Harry Potter? <laughs> Becca. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so it's not that. You don't remember that scene in Harry Potter? No. I just no. watched the movies. I didn't actually Yeah, read no, I read books, all the books, so I'm going to say it's A. A, Little House on the Prairie. Yes. Greg. A. A. And Brian? I will go B as in Pepe. B, Lake Wobegon. The answer <laughs> is A, Little House on the Prairie. All right, question number four. There's a project starting that will introduce... These to Lake Pepin, is it A, muskies, B, islands, or C, Starbucks? Starbucks. Brian. I'm going to have to go with muskies. Muskies. Becca. I'm going to go with muskies as well. And Greg. Islands. Islands is the answer. Apparently, you two forgot what I just <laughs> said about there, 30 yeah. seconds ago <laughs> about muskies being in Lake Pepin. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think Starbucks is expanding quite as much as it used to be. Islands, in fact, new islands could be coming to Lake Pepin as a way to reduce the amount of sediment that is being deposited. They say that in 300 years, the entire lake would be full, completely full of sediment if something isn't done now. One cubic city block of sediment comes from the Minnesota River and drops into Lake Pepin each year. Wow. A whole block worth of dirt drops into that lake. Dirt. So they want to create new islands to direct flow, reduce erosion, all that good stuff. So maybe we could buy our own, uh, have our own Northland <gasps> Outdoors island. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You can name it. What product, this is question number five now. More than you ever wanted to know about Lake Pepin. Question number five. What product came from Lake Pepin that was a major source of industry on the upper Mississippi? Is it A, sturgeon helmets? I'll just let you think about that one for just a minute. <laughs> B, buttons. 
or C, boots made of fish skin? Greg. Buttons. Brian. Um, yeah, buttons sounds good. Becca. Boots. Not st- You guys don't want to go on sturgeon helmets? How awesome would it be to have a sturgeon be, helmet? That would be funny. Have those things With the, the scoots, the uh, yeah. points? Yeah. Yep. Uh, buttons is the correct answer. Lake Pepin is also home to many freshwater mussels, more commonly called clams. These clams were once the source of a major industry on the upper Mississippi River, mother of pearl clothing buttons. Many factories employed thousands of people to make buttons cut from the clam shells. These beautiful buttons were made until the advent of plastic buttons in the 1930s. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> that is more than I've ever wanted to know about that sort of thing. More than you ever wanted to know about Lake Pepin, courtesy of Northland Outdoors. Uh, now, Pool 4, on uh, just north of the part of, north part of Lake Pepin there, was our destination last weekend, and we struggled. If you haven't fished it before... Or if you've never fished a river like that, you will want to listen to our next guest. Even if you have fished it before, this guy is the expert on Pool 4 down by Red Wing. He's Eric Olson, and he'll tell us the secrets to those border waters when, he, when we come back. Plus, Jamie Dittman is on another river along the border, the Rainy River. How is fishing up there right now? He'll tell us. And Bob Slabaugh from Camp Confidence will get all sappy with us on the show and talk about how to make your own delicious maple syrup. Guys, thank you very much. Thanks, Brett. Welcome. How would you like this to be the sound of your alarm clock? The Lakeshore Kings have your chance to spend weekends and weekdays in Lake Country with the unique opportunity to own and operate your own resort. Birchhaven Resort on Birch Lake near Hackensack offers sunset views from its sandy beach and comfortable cabins. And it's on the market at an extremely reasonable price. Contact Steve Leary or Preston Peters of Exit Lakes Realty by visiting lakeshorekings.com. That's lakeshorekings.com. And begin your life at the lake today. This is Northland Outdoors Radio. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brett Amundsen. Pool 4 on the Mississippi by Red Wing is a popular destination in late winter and early spring because you can find open water and hopefully hungry walleyes. While doing some research on how to fish it, I read something about the lake guys struggling to fish the river a few times. Now, to find out more about Fishing Pool 4, we thought we'd get an expert on the phone. Eric Olson joins us now. Eric, thanks for coming on the radio show. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. Pool four can, can be tough at times, can't it? <laughs> uh, it can be a challenge. I think the uh, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, you mentioned it when you talk about lake fishermen going down the Fisher River. I think it's more so the fact that you're going to find that the fish are going to be, as in a lake, 90% of the fish are in 10% of the area. And a lot of times, it's because of conditions. You need to think of that fourth dimension, which is the current. And it, it changes opinions, and it also kind of can be a, a letdown when you think you know what you're going to be able to go in and, and uh, do some things that you would normally be able to do in a lake, and you get to the river, and it's it's suddenly a, a whole new world, as I think you found out. It, it can be a challenge, <laughs> to say the least. One of the things about going river fishing, bring everything and the kitchen sink with you because you're going to need you're going to need it. Well, that was going to be um, my first question for you. When somebody asks you for advice on fishing the river, fishing pool four or whatever, what's the first thing that you tell them? First thing is just what time of year are we going? Because it, it will change. You'll have a change in the river. Uh, in spring, you can have a very, very good uh, live bait bite, but it really depends on what their forte is. Do you like to troll? Okay, the person's good at trolling. Well, then I'm going to say, you know what, bring your lead cork, 
bring your crankbaits, uh, do that. Second thing you're going to bring with that same type of person, I would bring the three-way rigs, meaning I would like you to bring uh, some stick baits, bring uh, uh, heavy three, four-ounce bell sinkers, and set up a three-way rig. We call them stacker rigs. And uh, you run about 25 inches of line off of a three-way, connect a, a crankbait uh, floating rappel to that. Then you run another 24, 25 inches of line hooked to the back split ring, and you connect another uh, crankbait to the back of that. Hmm. It's In a way, it's kind of like the a poor man's hand lining setup, but what it does is it really allows you to move in the current and get fish that would uh, be really not being able to see a jig because the jig fisherman, for the most part, in the river, when a river current's fast, you're flying down river because you can't stay in a spot. You're trying to maintain yourself being vertical. Right, right. With a stacker rig presentation or a Dubuque rig where you're going to be more stationary, both those presentations you could hold in the current or in the stacker rig or hand line, you can move up river in a very, very slow manner. So you're able to get to the, to the fish you're looking for, target those fish, and you can stay on them. That's really the key anytime you're dealing with dirty water, whether it's here, Detroit River, any river system. Well, and we should should mention, and we heard a lot about Dubuque rigs when we went down there and we were planning planning to go down there. Uh, hadn't really heard much about those before, but again, at the same time, I hadn't fished, you know, border waters like that where you can, <laughs> you can fish two lines, so that's why it's legal to fish a rig like that, correct? Exactly. In the border water, you're definitely able to run two uh, baits per rod or two rods with one bait, either one. That's, that is allowable in the river, in, in, in the border water scenarios. And it really does help a lot. Uh, one of the things that's interesting, when you do present to, in the stacker rig scenario, more, more often than not, probably about 75% of the time, the front bait that doesn't have as much action as the back bait will get bet 75% of the time. And it's interesting in the fact that it has less motion, less movement, looks more wounded, but it's also further up in the stack. I mean, it's closer to your main terminal line or your terminal tackle. So it really is kind of an interesting thought process, but what you're going to find is when you're hitting on all cylinders, you should be able to catch fish on both, but what you may find is in certain conditions and in, in tough bites, you'll find the fish will bite in that front bait, which is really kind of an interesting scenario. You ever find a situation where you get bit on both at the same time? Oh, yeah. When, when everything's going right and you've got it dialed in and the fish are on, you will catch fish on both. <laughs> and, and, and you may you may get a double that way. I've done that before. How is but, that uh, work? How, I mean, how easy is that to bring in two fish? It's entertaining. They generally do swim the same direction, let's put it that way. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it gets entertaining. <laughs> when you end up having that, it's like, okay, Things are going well today. You kind of pat yourself in the back and say, well, today's today, tomorrow's tomorrow. Who knows what's going to happen next? So, uh, Eric, you know, one of the other things. Oh, go ahead. Eric what, Olson, our guest here on North, Northland Outdoors Radio. Go ahead, Eric. Sorry. I was going to say, one of the things that's important also is rivers. Uh, you're going to have changing water levels, and that's one of the things you don't get in a lake scenario. And it's so important to watch what the water's doing, pull up the NOAA site, it's uh, water.weather.gov, and you can pull up wherever you're going to be going in the river and 
pull it up to see whether the water is going to be going up or down. See if the water is receding, then focus on not as shallow as you had been fishing. You're going to start migrating deeper. If the water starts to rise, you can certainly start moving shallower, start pitching to shallower spots, working the shallower break lines in, in maybe areas that are out, maybe a little bit away from the current side. So those are the, the, the and really that fourth dimension that a lot of times people that are lake fishermen don't really consider when they go down to look at the, at the river scenario. Talking about uh, the Mississippi River down around Red Wing, Pool 4, or some of the areas there. And uh, Eric Olson, our guest, Northland Outdoors Radio. Now, I was reading a lot online before we got down there to try to get some tips and some ideas of how we were going to try to fish down there. And, you know, anytime you read stuff online, you have to take some of it with a grain of salt because... Some guys may be telling you the truth. Some guys may not always be telling you the truth. But I was reading a lot about using uh, some lighter jigs and uh, using artificial, you know, plastics versus live bait. But it, it sure seemed like when we got there, I think I would have rather had heavier gear with live bait on it. It will work either way. When you find a dirty water, uh, I, I use plastic extensively. I use uh, twister tails. I use paddle tails. Uh, shad big, you know, the shad, the plastic shad uh, on a jig. And the real advantage is you don't have to keep, you know, if you if you get a bite, they don't tear the hook or tear the bait off. Rip it off, sure. Uh, a lot of times, exactly. A lot of times, too, when you're vertical jigging, uh, depending on your vertical jigging motion, you can uh, flip off your live bait. And unless you're really good at it, you may not notice it. So my recommendation for those that are, you want to go vertical jigging, Take a piece of uh, plastic uh, worm artificial and put your bait on and then put a little chunk of that little piece of plastic over the hook to retain that minnow so that it won't pop off. Hmm. And that will prevent the minnow from coming over the back, over the barb. It will retain it on the hook and it will keep you in uh, the water and keep you in front of the, the, uh, the fish much longer. So super important point when you're dealing with uh, uh, fishing in the river with live bait, no question about it. Great idea there from Eric Olson on Northland Outdoors Radio. Just a couple of minutes left here. We're talking primarily about Pool 4, but you'll you'll fish Pool 3 quite a bit as well. Oh, I, I fished Pool 3 a ton, and uh, we uh, won one of the championships up in Pool 3 a number of years ago, and it was uh, it definitely gave us the reward we were looking for, that's for sure. Eric, where can we find out more about Pool 4, Pool 3, and then more about you as a pro angler? Well, first off, uh, you can check it out on the Four Seasons Sports. Those are Four Seasons Sports within Red Wing. And Everett's, they also own or are owned by Four Seasons Sports. Those guys are great guys, and they've got good information. Uh, they've got guide resources there. So if you're looking at going on a guided trip, and, uh, of course, you can check me out on Facebook. And uh, it's under Eric Olson on Facebook. And uh, check out uh, I do a radio show down here as well. So you can check us out on the web, and we have different various reports that come on there, uh, come out regarding the river as well down here in the Valley Outdoors. So we'll be here all the time. And uh, if anybody sees me on the water with the, the Mountain Dew boat, feel free to give me a shout. Very good. Eric Olson, thanks for being on Northland Outdoors Radio. Not a problem, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. We got more river fishing talk coming up. We'll head up to the rainy where Jamie Dittman has been catching sturgeon. What's it like right now? We'll find out. Plus, how, how can you make your own maple syrup? We'll get the details from Bob Slabon next on Northland Outdoors Radio. But it can buy me a boat
Hey, anglers, looking for a destination where walleyes, fresh air, and fish fries are a way of life? Look no further than the famous waters of Lake of the Woods. From Badette and the Rainy River to the main lake up to the Northwest Angle. Here, you'll enjoy the best walleye catch rate in the state. Maybe you'll pursue world-class sturgeon, pike, or muskies. Plus, you'll find lots of full-service resorts offering charter boats, delicious meals, and lots of Minnesota nice. Come experience the walleye capital of the world. Come experience Lake of the Woods. Catch the details at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.